Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, another instalment of players to watch heading into season 2022, and this one I think will come as a little bit of surprise to a number of people. Now when you think of the Canterbury Bulldogs, if I told you you know, to pick a, a list of five guys that you need to watch this year, I think the vast majority of people would pick guys that are coming into the club, and there are a heap of superstars entering this system. Matty Burton, Josh Adokar, Tavita Pangai Jr., the list goes on and on. There's other guys like Braden Burns, uh, Brent Nader that really could jump out of their skin and do anything. Paul Vaughan has played for the Kangaroos. Matt Dufty has proven to be one of the more damaging fullbacks in our game. Probably, you know, not, not, not in that top five sort of category, but on his day, my God, he can compete with the very best of them. It's just consistency that is the issue for Matt Dufty. When I have a look at this Bulldog side, though, I'm so excited for the changes that are going to happen. And what excites me the most is the left edge. Now, if you read into what has been said so far, they will line up Matt Burton at 5'8", Matt Dufty at fullback, Tavita Pangai Jr., potentially the second row on the left edge. The winger will be Josh Adokar. So four new recruits to the club, but the left center will be Aaron Shoop. Aaron Scoop, as I've heard some people say, I believe it is Aaron Shoop, though, so apologies if I have got that wrong. But this is the guy that I think is worth watching. As I said, a lot of incredible talent walking into Belmore this year that a lot of people are excited about. I think the guy to watch will be the guy that's already there, Aaron Scoop. Now, there's a really good chance that when you look back at their team from last year, he will be the only one of the back five that will remain in this team. I wouldn't be surprised if it changes completely. If you see a Brent Naden or a Braden Burns at right center and you see a Lume Lume, for example, on the right wing, I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest. But I think Aaron Shoup will be the one who will remain in this team. And I think he is the guy to watch. Now, you need to keep in mind that he has played 13 games of first grade in that Canterbury side last year. I think he won a grand total of two games, which is pretty bang average, that Canterbury side 
side, they got beaten from pillar to post. I think they won three games all year. He won two from 13. So considering that record, not too bad. But you need to remember that was his first season in the NRL, playing in the worst team in the competition, especially being a high-end attacking centre like he is, to be in that team where they were just going like a bastard. They couldn't score points to save themselves. It was a very tough gig for him this season. you got to remember, it was only two years ago he was playing SG ball as well. So he's very young. He's 20 years old. And yes, there are other 20-year-olds who are doing unbelievable things in rugby league. I think Aaron Shoup is just developing along as he probably should as a 20-year-old. But I think this year, especially with the talent around him, I have a look at that edge. And to have Josh Adokar outside you, on both sides of the ball in attack and defense, He's going to learn so much. He's going to learn so much from Josh Adokar. It's not even funny. I've always said, I think Fox is the best all-round winger in rugby league. You could argue Brian Toto, and I probably wouldn't push back on it. I would probably have Adokar and Brian Toto one and two, however you want to sort it out. But I think long-term-wise, Josh Adokar, until last year when Brian Toto potentially overtook him, I think Fox was the best winger in the game for the last three or four years. He's a premiership winner. In defense, he's fantastic. In attack, he's even better. Shoot will learn a lot from Josh Shadokar, and having the confidence to have a guy like him outside him, it's going to be very dangerous. Now, he's got a really good offload, Aaron Scoop. We haven't seen a heap of it in first grade yet, but I think there will be a lot of times where he goes into contact, gets himself free, and can lay on a try for Josh Shadokar. Now, from his 13 games in 2021, he only scored three tries, had zero try assists, but Canterbury weren't scoring too many points. I think... He will score 10-plus tries this year, and I think he'll have 10-plus try assists as well, to be honest with you. I think him and Fox will form a lethal combination. The other thing about Aaron Shoup is the guy inside him is going to be Tavita Pangai Jr. What does Tavita Pangai Jr. do best? He takes on the line, and he can find an offload. And I think Aaron Shoup, he will be sne- he will be well aware of this, and he'll be sneaking around. You've got to be aware, though, obviously, Matt Burton's going to be inside him. Matt, Matt Dufty at fullback, two great support players as well, so they will all be alert. But I think there'll be enough scraps to pick off, off TPJ throughout the season that Aaron can do really well. Now, I love that he's got Burton and Dufty as well. Dufty is more of a run-first um, sort, sort of footballer, so at times I can imagine that will be frustrating. But there's no doubt whatsoever that Dufty can lay on points as well. We've seen him do it at the Dragons for a number of years. When I think of Matt Dufty, I tend to think that his strong side is his right side. That's where he tends to throw that big cutout ball. But to be honest with you, as a left center, if I'm coming to his weaker side, I don't mind it there. He's either going to run or throw that first pass. So I think there's a lot... A lot for Aaron to get out of Matt Dufty there. You look at Matt Burton as well, one of the most damaging players in this competition. He is a run-first guy. He will come off that left foot a lot of the time. There is no doubt about that. But for every time he throws it out of the back, it just makes his left foot more dangerous. So I think you will see Shoup get plenty of ball, and they're not going to waste a Tavita Pangai Jr. and a Josh Adokar out there. I think he's going to be the big winner of this season at the Bulldogs in 2021. I think he's going to have a huge breakout season. I think he's one of the more underrated centers in our competition right now. We are sort of going through a bit of a golden era of centers where you've got all these strike centers and then you've got three or four fullbacks you can throw in a center and all of a sudden they're the best center in the competition as well. So it is a very crowded market at the moment being a good center in the NRL. But I feel like Aaron Shoup is a guy that can really push through that crowd over the next 12 months or so. As I said, his stats in first grade so far, they are good without being great. But when you consider that his team won three games of football, he's won two from 13, 
I mean, the stats are pretty impressive. Three tries. I'm not going to read too much into that. What I do like, 33 tackle breaks across 13 games when they won two of them. He was going at three tackle breaks per game. It's it's 2.6, actually. So do with that what you will. Round it up to three per game. He was averaging 140 metres, which I really like. That tells me that he likes to come out of his own end. He is hungry. You don't get to 140 in a team that doesn't win without rolling your sleeves up at your own end. And we know that this is one of the strong points of his game. Later today, I will have a little post on Instagram that includes a couple of highlights. And you can see one run that he takes out of his own end. He is very strong coming out of his own end. He is not afraid to get involved. I love that in young centers. Now, 13 games in first grade, 2.5 tackle breaks, 140 average run meters. I like that. That is all good. You look at his six games in New South Wales Cup that he played this year. Now, he was playing for the Mounties. They ran about sixth or seventh this year. I think they were about the middle of the table. So... Not the best team in the competition, but not the worst like the Canterbury Bulldogs were in the NRL. And yes, it is New South Wales Cup. But you've got to remember, this guy's probably at New South Wales Cup level or was last year. Yeah, it was a big step up for him into first grade, especially coming into a team that was really struggling. So I like to look at his New South Wales Cup stats here, and they are pretty impressive. And this is more so probably his level when he was playing there last year. And I think over the next few years, the NRL will be his level, and you'll start to see him replicate these sort of stats. So six games in the New South Wales Cup, one of them against Parramatta. He only played 18 minutes. He actually scored a try in that one, uh, but he scored four tries in six games in the New South Wales Cup, came up with three line breaks. He averaged 154 run meters, so pretty handy considering, once again, he did have that game where he only played 23-odd minutes, 154 run meters per game. Pretty damn impressive. Uh, 26 tackle breaks, which averaged out to be five tackle breaks per game. When you take out that one injury-affected game where he didn't have any, he only had one run. He actually scored off it. Uh, So five tackle breaks. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Per game, pretty damn impressive. So when you line those stats up... 154 run meters, five tackle breaks per game. I really like those stats. They look really impressive to me. I have a look at the matchups that he had in New South Wales Cup because this is this is where it becomes interesting. Because in first grade, for example, if you look at stats and they're beating up on all the teams at the bottom of the ladder, but they're not performing against Penrith, against the Roosters, against the Storm, against the Bunnies, these sort of sides, that's a bit of a red flag for me. When I look at his New South Wales Cup stats, he only played six games, as I said. Three of those games were against top five teams. The Penrith Panthers, the Western Suburbs Magpies, and Newcastle Knights. Against the Penrith Panthers, he had eight tackle breaks and he ran for 195 metres. Eight tackle breaks and 200 metres, essentially. Pretty damn handy. Against the Magpies, one tackle, uh, one try, six tackle breaks, and 149 metres. Against the Newcastle Knights, one try, four tackle breaks, and 130 metres. Worst case scenario, he's running for 130 metres against the top teams in this competition. The Penrith Panthers, they were leading uh, the New South Wales Cup. They finished first overall. Eight tackle breaks and 200 run metres there. And you've got to remember... 
this is his first season in New South Wales Cup. As much as, much as it is his first season in first grade as well, it's also his first season playing against grown men. So the upside in this guy is insane. Now, he only played six games in New South Wales Cup and was taken straight into the first grade squad and held his own. Ran for 140 metres, 2.5 tackle breaks per game, three tries. Well and truly held his own in first grade. So it's scary to think where this guy could be over the next few years. It would have been scary to think about where he could have been over the next few years if Canterbury stayed the same. They've made radical changes. They've got a heap of talented guys that are going to come in. And if I had to guess who is going to be the biggest winner out of all these signings, I think it is Aaron Shoup. You look at the left side, if it's going to line up the way that we think it is, which, I mean, definitely Matt Burton's going to be there. Definitely Josh Adokar's going to be there. Definitely Matt Dufty's going to be there. The only one is whether TPJ starts on the left edge or not. I'm hearing that he will. That seems to be the general consensus by a lot of Canterbury people. Even if he's not, you're going to get a Raymond Vitala Mariner, who's also as damaging as all hell and has an offload. You'd rather TPJ... Gee whiz, sort of whoever lands at that left edge back rower, I think they they are in for a really good season out on that edge. You add Matt Burton, that just changes everything. I really hope Trent Barrett centres a lot of the football around getting Aaron shoot the ball and giving him opportunities because I think he can really push himself into the category of these other players. When you look at Burton, TBJ, Dufty, Josh Adakar, think about what they've achieved, what they've done, the, the ceiling that we know each of them has, some of them more consistent than others. Josh Adakar, obviously incredibly consistent. Matt Burton so far, very consistent, but playing a new position. TBJ and Dufty, supremely talented, but consistency is what we want to see. I would argue that from what we've seen with Shoup, consistency is his main thing. He has been consistent going through the grades, no matter where he's played. He's had to jump up levels very, very quickly. He's essentially gone a ball New South Wales Cup first grade in like 20 games. So that rise has been very fast and he has handled himself the entire time. Now he gets an entire preseason at the Canterbury Bulldogs with Josh Adokar outside him, Matt Dufty, TPJ Burton inside him. I really do think the, the ceiling of this guy is massive. He could be anything. And I think at the end of the season, we're going to look at him and sort of put him not as the young guy that's holding his own, that's that's lucky to be around these good players. I genuinely think we're going to look at him as a strike center in the NRL over the next few years. And I'm willing to bet at the end of season 22, we're very impressed with him. I said at the start, I'm going to back him in for 10 tries and 10 try assists in this Canterbury system. Whether they compete with the absolute top teams, I'm not too sure. But I think this left edge. There's enough strike out here for them to really terrorize those bottom 10 teams in the NRL. And I think Aaron Shoup, he's going to really stand up this year.